Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts for Sale. My name is Chris Wazalik. Thanks for listening. This, of course, is the show for my three little girls, Sophie, Ava, and Leah, or better known as Sal. So, we are at episode 20. Feels like a little bit of a milestone here. Wasn't sure just how long this podcast would go, girls. You know, I have my own personal goals in mind, but I got to say, the show's kind of grown a life of its own at this point, and we've talked about a lot of different things. Some of it has been definitely random thoughts from dad. Some of it has been some great conversations with other guests that have been about a variety of topics, which has been a lot of fun. And you guys have made a few different appearances. Um, Just most recently on our last episode, we talked about Halloween. So that was a lot of fun. I do got to give a quick shout out to Miss Christine, Ava's uh, nursery school teacher who was actually a guest on one of the previous episodes, uh, which was really exciting for Ava to do an interview. So that was pretty cool. And she uh, mentioned in the comments that one of her family traditions always was going out trick-or-treating with all of her cousins. And I can imagine, I remember I have some memories too of going out with cousins and friends. And there's definitely something to not only being able to go out maybe with your siblings if you did that as a kid or like you guys are doing right now, girls. But as you get a little bit older too, there might be some opportunities where you get together with some friends or other family and going out as a big group that can be a lot of fun although it might take a little bit longer house to house to get your candy if you're in a bigger group but I, I still think that's probably a good time so I, I appreciate the uh, the feedback there and sharing Miss Christine I just wanted to give you a shout out on the show so today we like I said episode 20 what's in store for episode 20 I had some random thoughts pop up recently as I was outside in the yard doing some uh, yard work and, and things around the house it just got me to this uh, thought process of thinking more about neighbors. Because when I was outside, I was able to sort of um, take in while I was doing things, observing what was going around in me in the neighborhood. Sometimes you do that, like maybe you're mowing the lawn and you're kind of just observing what's going around you or you're, you're doing your work, right? You can you can take take a, a, a observation of everything that's happening around you in the neighborhood. And then I got talking to my brother and we were having a, a conversation and thinking back to our neighborhood growing up. So I want to talk more about neighborhoods and really your neighbors, girls. So you're a little bit young now, and I think as you get older, hopefully you'll have some great memories of growing up with some great neighbors and in, in a great neighborhood. And Daddy, I had an opportunity where I was very fortunate enough to me and Uncle Scott grow up in a really dynamic neighborhood where we had everything going on in our neighborhood from block parties to massive uh, end of the school year campouts with literally a backyard full of 20 plus tents set up and 30 plus kids probably. So big time football parties going on, horseshoe tournament weekends. So we we had we luckily had one specific neighbor who was just incredible at the Ionello's house, uh, who would who would welcome all of this, um, Bob and Joanne, uh, to their to their to the yard, and it, and it started from pretty much the moment that they moved in that I can remember. So I wanted to, like I said, cover cover neighbors. It's it's different though. So that's the. 90s, be honest, you know, my age, that's the 90s growing up in Western New York in the suburbs in a really tight knit couple of street neighborhood where 
uh, there wasn't a lot of through traffic because they were dead ends. The couple of streets that, that we grew up on and connected with their girls. Uh, when we go back and visit uh, grandma and grandpa was Alec in, in West Seneca. It's the same house. It's the same neighborhood. And it's kind of actually really cool that right now you get to go back down to the Ionella house I was just mentioning and play on the swing set that Bob's, you know, constructed over time. And, and the, the landscape of the yard has changed, but it's still just a really nice oversized backyard because it's actually two um, butted up lots of, of space. There's no like house butting up to the original property on the one street where there where there where there would be necessarily it's a it's a double lot kind of so it makes it an extra large backyard for the suburbs just to give people a reference point but it really was amazing and I don't think um, for me at least and I don't know if Uncle Scott would be any different girls uh, my brother would be any different with this I don't think we realized how good we truly had it in that neighborhood growing up. It just was second nature. We totally just took it for granted. And you grow up and get older in life, and you start observing as you go into other people's neighborhoods, whether you're visiting friends or family, or you get to the part where we are now in our lives, girls, where mom and I obviously are the adults in our own neighborhood, and you just don't find that type of neighborhood where, you know, easily 10 to 15 of the families in the couple of blocks there consistently, their kids and the adults all like to hang out together. It wasn't forced, like based on the ages of the kids needing to have supervision. It was legitimately the adults enjoyed each other's company and did adult things while us kids played and did kids things. And... I, again, don't think we ever realized growing up, Sal, that, you know, for us, it was like we had the unicorn neighborhood. We just thought every neighborhood in America must be like this. You know, everyone's got a dead-end street. Everyone has this uh, block party. That must be a normal thing, right? Uh, Where you have literally 250 people sometimes show up to the block party at its peak. Over 20 years of the block party is a pretty good run. That was the first thing that crossed my mind was thinking back and having that nostalgia of, wow, we really had this really unique unicorn type of neighborhood where, like I said, all the kids played together, all the families got along, and we could have massive blowout parties for all different types of the times of the year. I mean, Sal, we literally had a campout party because of how big that size of the yard was, like I said before, where you would see like 20 plus tents. And Bob wouldn't mind. He always had a fire pit. We one year brought all of our paperwork. So we do the the party at the end of the school year to celebrate the end of the school year every year. Everybody brought all their schoolwork that they had for the year and we burnt it for fun (laughs) to celebrate the end of the school year. The one time Bob even built a wooden like model of an old fashioned looking schoolhouse. So Mr. Bob built a schoolhouse girls. And put that in the middle of the bonfire and lit that up. Just, again, not that we didn't like school. I don't want to give that impression. But, you know, just for some fun to celebrate the end of the school year, burning our papers we didn't need anymore, and uh, lighting that, that one year, lighting that schoolhouse on fire. So it kind of got me thinking back to that. And I think the one unfortunate thing that I think about as I look at even our neighborhood now 
which I think is a really good neighborhood. You guys are lucky there's a lot of kids around the neighborhood that are similar in age to you, next door, across the street, in the back where the backyards butt up. Um, so it's a good neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood. Parents are, are really friendly, but it's not that type of neighborhood. It's not that dynamic. And I just don't know that neighborhoods are like that anymore. I feel like people, even outgoing people, I'm an outgoing person by nature, but I don't go outside, grab a beer, see what my neighbor's up to and go hang out at Bob's house. <laughs> Thinking of my parents' neighborhood again, you know, it, which, which, which was always so natural growing up or, you know, whatever you were doing, just go and go and go and chit chat. And, and talk and hang out. It just doesn't seem to be that type of thing anymore. And we've we've lived in three different neighborhoods now. And this is by far probably the most dynamic. I mean, the first one, we were also, you know, living across the street from a college. So a lot of the neighborhood was made up of college students. So rightly, rightly, we weren't connecting with them. You know, we're a young married couple at that point, Mama and I, girls. And Sophie, we were expecting you when we first moved in right away, like we had mentioned in the past. So we really weren't the right group to interact with them. We were different stages of our life. So that kind of made sense. We did have great neighbors to the one side of us who had been residents there for a long time, a little bit um, older couple than us with where their kids were also, you know, already grown for the most part moved out. But they were they were fantastic. They were extremely friendly. We, we chatted with them and hung out with them, um, you know, every once in a while. But again, so we didn't get that experience there. We didn't expect it. It wasn't just, it just wasn't the right place for that. And then we moved into um, the Syracuse area, the first house, and that neighborhood was good. It wasn't, you know, a a few neighbors we knew, you know, we were only technically there for two years, um, but we knew, we knew a couple houses down. Obviously you guys played with the girls a few houses down because they were similar in age, which was fantastic. So you had, had some playmates there right next door. Those neighbors were a little bit older, um, more kind of like grandma and grandpa age, right? And you loved Jim and Kathy like they were another set of grandparents, and they were amazing to you guys, which was awesome and really friendly to us. But then outside of those couple of folks, like we sort of knew the folks across the street that were also kind of grandparent age, which were really sweet. And that was about it. Like, again, people kind of, I feel like more nowadays, my generation of being a grown-up, right girls so mama and daddy's generation were just not that same level of hey let's go get to know the neighbors and this really made me think of a 90s show called home improvement with tim allen and he's uh, a, a tool uh do a diy kind of home fix it show host but the interesting part was Whenever he had an issue in the house with the kids, they had the three little boys as as they grew up, they became, you know, high school boys, whatever, as the show went on over the years. But his relationship was with his his go-to person in the show to sometimes really confide in and get advice was his next door neighbor. And the joke always was on the show, girls, not that I know if you'll ever actually go watch this someday on streaming or something like that, we'll go look it up and watch Home Improvement, but... It was Wilson, the next door neighbor. And the joke was you'd only see where he leaned across the fence. You'd only kind of see like his nose or eyes and up. You'd never see his mouth. That was the long running joke on that show uh, was that you never would see Wilson's mouth. And he would lean over the fence and you'd see, like I said, because kind of like his nose or eyes and up and give 
all types of in-depth advice on life to to Tim Allen's character. Um, and it was just, it was, it was hilarious. And it made me think of that as, you know, I don't know that I would ever be that close to any of my neighbors ever. And like I said, we're in a pretty good neighborhood right now where there are some pretty nice adults and the kids get along, but we're just never at that point of like, Hey, Hey, like, 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 let's, let's like actually hang out. You know, it's, it's cordial. It's nice. We chit-chat maybe at the bus corner, at the bus stop. We maybe chit-chat as the girls are playing outside with somebody. But there's not that effort to go out of the way to kind of be with your neighbor. And I, I'm kind of wondering out there, if other folks, if you're listening, do you have neighborhoods like that nowadays? Is this, is this like the true modern neighborhood? You know, one of the other things that I thought of when we're talking about neighbors, there's a saying, girls. Uh, I think it goes something along the lines of uh, fences make great neighbors. Well, yeah, they do. <laughs> and there are some fences around the properties around us. There's a fence on the one side that's a very tall vinyl, like stockade type of fence. You can't see anything, and that's fine. And then there's, you know, fences just that are more uh, see through, kind of just pillar fences, but they're because they're keeping out kids because they've got pools and ground pools. You don't want kids to go run into, right? It's for safety measures. So, there's some fences, but it makes me think of that as, you know, we, again, grew up in the neighborhood I did, girls, where there weren't any fences. Part of the reason we had so much fun, so much access to run around through all these backyards and up and down the blocks and on these dead-end streets, because that, which, again, did play into it, I think, because it naturally gave us that level of safety. These are dead-end side streets in, in this in this neighborhood we lived in, uh, at Grandma and Grandpa's house, right? And it gives that level of safety to kind of just let the kids roam a little bit. Now where we are here, as you guys get a little bit bigger, we can see some of the bigger kids also do kind of go out and go from street to street and block to block and, and play. So there's some of that. It's not an actual dead end, but it is kind of like a development where you're, you're pretty much going in one side of the development and probably out that same side. So you're not, you're not having a lot of like through traffic by any means. But again, it's like, uh, you know, if people have fences, people intentionally, build that space between each other and therefore maybe doesn't feel as welcoming to want to go over and say hi to people right so you know the neighborhood thing i just think has changed over time i think if you watch anything from the 50s and 60s if we talk to the the older generation i think they were more even if there were fences there was this sense of camaraderie in neighborhoods i think of times girls when i hear grandpa jerry talk about growing up down his block and knowing this was their so-and-so's house and that is so-and-so's house. And we always played with those ones. And it was like house after house after house. And that, to me, sounded like a lot like kind of the neighborhood we were lucky enough to grow up at Grandma and Grandpa's current house, grow up in West Seneca Girls, where you know it was open and it was still kind of like that. But uh, I don't know if that was like the case for everybody else in the 90s. And I definitely don't think it's like that anymore, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know what, what has changed in our society to make it be less uh social in the neighborhood setting if if people are just like hey this is my home life i've got to kind of be i know for me sometimes it feels like maybe that's where i should take this girls i know for me from my perspective that sometimes i just don't have any more energy to give when i get home or on the weekend to want to make those interactions and sort of like be on to have a conversation with somebody in the neighborhood and, you know, try to be authentic and really get to know them. And I mean, I know that makes it sound kind of lame, like, oh, that makes effort, but it kind of does because for me, my job is I'm kind of on all the time as it is. 
I go to work and a lot of my job is to just literally talk to people, talk to people about our programs, talk to students, talk to candidates, talk to coworkers, talk, 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 talk. So on the weekend, sometimes it's kind of just like, hey, I'm going to hang low. I'm going to do some garden work. I'm going to paint the shutters like I've been doing as a project outside. We're going to do some landscaping. We're going to let you guys play and just we're going to relax, Mama and I, and hang back. Or unfortunately at this age, especially with Leah, we got to maybe be more leaning in to make sure she doesn't, I don't know, like jump off the top of the swing set or go down the slide backwards and crack her head open or run out into the middle of the street at this point. Is she's, you know, Leah, you're, you're a challenge right now at two and a half. You like to just think you can do anything, number one, that your big sisters do, or you think you can just do anything, period. So it's dangerous. Um, so we just, we're just out there being, right? And, you know, sometimes it just feels like, I don't have any more energy I want to give into, hey, let's have a conversation and hang out. And, you know, so like I said, the pleasantries are, are exchanged. There are sometimes little quick conversations here and there of kind of along the lines of how are you doing like a previous episode, but those I got to admit for when I throw it out there, it's definitely a superficial, how you doing? I am not looking for their life story in that moment. I'm always open to it. I, I try to be right, and uh, I will get a little bit back and forth for sure, but I am never looking for the how you doing and hoping to have a 40-minute conversation. No, 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 no. I'm hoping maybe a quick exchange that's done in five minutes, and that's that. So I think that's part of it is we're just so busy with so many other aspects in life, and, and not that they weren't in the 90s, you know, but uh, I think I think everything that we have to do nowadays and, and technology plays into it, it's hard for us to ever unwind and completely unplug, and I don't know if it's just hard to then unplug from everything else in your life to want to go out and be a present social person in your in your neighborhood when you just want to, like, chill in your yard and relax in whatever your green space is. And, you know, have healthy boundaries between you and your neighbors, which is, again, why I think some people put up those fences to begin with, is they want that healthy privacy and healthy boundary. That's totally understandable. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention before I wrap up the episode today, officially shut down episode number 20, which I'm pretty excited about, like I said earlier. And that is the way that we even interact with our front door nowadays and let me explain so if someone's going to come over and pick pick up pick ask you to play right uh or maybe someone got a package at your house that's not for you this has happened to us right uh delivery man actually dropped it off accidentally whenever someone's going to approach your door if it's not for halloween trick-or-treating i swear i think we all do this nowadays girls we hear the doorbell ring or a knock at the door and it's almost just like when I had the conversation earlier on in this uh, podcast uh, in a different episode about why you get panicked that someone's actually calling your cell phone instead of just texting you. When someone just comes up to your door and rings your doorbell or knocking and you're not expecting them, they didn't call ahead of time to say they were coming. It's not like it's not it's unexpected uh, interaction here. You have that same feeling nowadays of, oh, wait, what? Why? Why is somebody ringing my doorbell? Why is somebody knocking on my door? Who could that possibly be? And I know I do it for a half a moment. I'll still go answer the door. And we don't have a ring doorbell. 
uh, or a ring video camera, I should say, or one of these other setups there, cause there's all different brands. Now we don't have a, we don't have a video camera outside and a lot of people have that. So, you know, the doorbell rings, they might be startled, but their first reaction isn't going to be to go, just go answer the door. They're going to pull open their phone and check on the app. Who is that? Is it just a kid from the neighborhood? Great. Go, go see what it is, Sophie. It's one of your friends. But we don't we don't have that luxury, so we're still kind of in the Stone Age in regards to not having the video cameras. So we we take the risk, we take the major risk of just going and answering the door. But before I go, I do have that hesitation, girls. I go, oh, is it a neighbor? Is it a friend? Is it somebody dropping something off? Is it somebody at the wrong house? Like, what is going on? Why would <laughs> you know all those quick things run, run through your head, and then you go out and answer the door and see whoever it is. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's not a neighbor, to be honest with you. It's probably a kid, or it's somebody dropping off a package, like an actual delivery person that, that brought it to the front door and actually rang the doorbell, because uh, they don't do that every time. A lot of times, they just drop it off. I mean, Amazon now, as you probably have had it, if you if you have Amazon Prime or you buy something from Amazon, they email you a picture of the drop-off location. It's kind of cool. So, your package has been delivered. Alexa can tell us in the house. Our phone will tell us. Everything tells us, and we don't even have to... We don't even have to have that video camera set up up there. We got we got the picture emailed to us. Um, but just something else that kind of crossed my mind, the interaction with the front door has definitely changed over time. When I was a kid, you never thought twice, I don't think, about who that is. It was just like, hey, someone's at the door. Let's go see who it is. You never worried or thought, why would somebody come to the door? Let's put it that way. You just went and answered it. You know, you, it was your friend or um, neighbor, like I said before, coming over to say hi. Or it was a package delivery, uh, or or somebody else just dropping in unexpected. That seemed to be way more acceptable in previous decades than it is now. The unexpected drop in when you can easily call on a cell phone and always get a hold of the person you're going to go see or send a quick text prior to your arrival does not seem as common anymore. So one of the reasons that again I think the doorbell and door interaction takes you back a little bit more than it used to so that's my that's my thoughts on neighbors girls neighbor neighbors neighborhoods you know i i don't think we are at a point in time where we may ever see the tightest knit neighborhoods come back to what they used to be way back in time and even even what uh my brother and i experienced in our in our fortunate kind of unicorn neighborhood growing up in the 90s in uh in the suburbs uh, of Western New York, but who knows? Maybe there's another unicorn neighborhood out there. Girls, maybe sale one day when you're grown up and have your own kids, or you're in your first house before kids. It doesn't matter. Maybe you'll be so outgoing that you'll develop a block party. Maybe you'll develop some type of gathering for all of your neighbors, whatever it might be. Pool party for the neighborhood. Whoever, who knows? And you'll be that social outlet. Maybe. You never know. And maybe there's more out there. Hey, if you're listening to the episode and you've got a dynamic neighborhood, I'd actually be really curious to hear about it, hear what type of things you guys do together. How did it all get started? You know, because I feel like that's part of the barrier to break down is who's going to get that thing rolling? Like, I'd love to do a neighborhood block prayer. That'd be fun. But I don't know if I want to be the catalyst. So who, who got it going? Did you walk into it? Was it already there? Go ahead and hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and let me know more about your neighborhood experience. All right, girls, that's it for episode number 20. Stay tuned for a bonus episode, maybe later on this weekend or early next week. Otherwise, you can always find Thoughts for Sale episodes dropping live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the Thoughts for Sale podcast. 
and Sophie Avalia. Sal, remember, your mom and I are always proud of you. We always are here for you, and we always love you. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review and comments. And please also follow, share, and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. You can also connect with us now on Facebook as well as Twitter. Both places, just search for at Thoughts for Sale. All right, take it away, Sal. Thank you for listening to the Thoughts for Sale podcast with my daddy, Chris. Bye-bye.